Are you one of those people that forgot everything since high school? We're about letters and learning. And, and learning. E educating adults. And education. Yep. Yep. Do you want to learn things about stuff? You saw Breaking Bad? Sudafed is used to make meth. Or would you like to learn the definitions of new words? I like tomato soup. Or are you just lonely? I consulted a wizard on this one. Great, we're the pod for you. Hey, I'm Carly. And I'm Kelsey. And we're two best friends that talk about everything from A to Z. In that order. Listen to Brought to You by the Letter every Thursday to learn more stuff. And things. Okay, bye. Love you, bye. Bye. Coming up on a special Jeff Goldblum-themed episode of Anchor Persons. If you're so smart, why ain't you Jeff Goldblum? With the power vested in me, I now pronounce you husband and wife. And Jeff Goldblum. Did Jazzy Jeff hit a snag? Does Jeff Goldblum even need to bother rolling on a charisma check? And what does... Vibes have to do with... The tall guy? Stay tuned to learn, ladies and gentlemen. This is Anchor Persons. From the south and east of the Northwest, the land of trees and rivers, currently on fire, it's Anchor Persons with Gene and Greg Person. Featuring sports, emotional weather, food crime, the podcast shopping network, and more. Anchors weigh you down. Cut loose with your news. Here's Gene and Greg. Good evening, wherever you are whoever you are, and welcome to Anchor Persons. I'm Gene Person. And I'm Greg Person. No relation. Anchor Persons is a news show for people who don't like news shows by people who don't like news shows. And uh, I want to be clear that we are not laboring under some delusion that somehow word is going to get through to Jeff Goldblum that we recorded this episode and he's going to be our best friend or anything. But if he wanted to be our best friend... There is room in this friend sandwich for a little Jeff Goldblum. Well, sure, sure. But we're still going to record the episode because Jeff Goldblum needs to be celebrated, damn it. And someday he will hear it and we will become best friends. I mean, maybe. That's not why we're doing it. We're doing it for its own sake, but that is a cool benefit that is going to accrue to us. All right, let's get into some Jeff Goldbeats. In sports news, the much-anticipated title fight was a short one as James the Grim Reaper Roper knocked out Irish Terry Conklin in round one. Clearly, the sweet science is not available in vanilla. Sure. Journalist Jack Harrison and his partner Gil Turner, no relation to Gil Person, ever in search of another big scoop, have set off to Transylvania in an effort to confirm a story based on some shaky video evidence of a purported monster. I've not reviewed the footage myself, but I can only assume it depicts someone serving their loved ones a DiGiorno pizza for dinner. Three furry humanoid aliens have landed in Southern California this week. You'd think they'd be hot under all that fur, and it turns out one of them really, really is. Noted fan of games and all-around popular guy, the Grand Master this week announced that he would no longer force prisoners to engage in compulsory gladiatorial combat. Instead, this combat will now be voluntary. His office announced that any prisoners who would like to live are encouraged to volunteer. Uh, mathematician Ian Malcolm broke new ground this week in chaos theory to demonstrate how tiny inputs can have massive effects on complex systems. He used a single drop of water 
to seduce Laura Dern and every member of the audience. While we're on the subject of Dr. Ian Malcolm, we've gotten scattered reports that Malcolm admitted he may actually have been a little late in announcing the Neo-Jurassic Age, since we already coexisted with dinosaurs. As evidence of this fact, Malcolm pointed to every ballot in the 2020 election. All right, enough about the news. Let's get on to main news. So a lesser-known Jeff Goldblum film, The Tall Guy, follows actor Dexter King, who plays second fiddle to noted London comic Ron Anderson, who is in effect Rowan Atkinson. He's played by Atkinson, and the bits that he does are Rowan Atkinson, later Mr. Bean sketches. The film is set in London. Dexter King spends his time being shit on by his boss, and his miserable life gets even more miserable because of chronic hay fever. Eventually, he meets a nurse named Kate, played by Emma Thompson, in his quest to cure himself of the malady. He gets fired by Anderson and lands the lead role in a musical version of The Elephant Man called Elephant! During rehearsals, he's seduced by a married co-star and unfortunately, Kate discovers it and leaves him. Dexter gives up the role, gives up everything, to ask for another shot at true love, and he gets it. It's a movie about second chances in a number of ways, and while not the best film ever written, I have always enjoyed it. But what does that have to do with vibes? Um, I've, you might recall, uh, loyal listeners, that I've mentioned this on the show before, but I'm doing it again because this movie is terrific, and it's another one that basically nobody remembers today. So the basic plot of this movie is that Jeff Goldblum and Cindy Lauper play two psychics. They're hired by Peter Falk to find something in Peru. What is it? Watch the movie. It's on Amazon. Um, it's it's kind of a globe-trotting screwball rom-com of the type that you saw very much in the early, uh, the first half of the 20th century with directors like Billy Wilder and Preston Sturgis. Um, that mm-hmm. format, I would say, doesn't really work today. Even the Coen brothers couldn't quite pull it off. I'm thinking of Intolerable Cruelty. They tried to have some of that same energy mm-hmm. and it just doesn't work. But anyway, uh, in this movie, Jeff Goldblum gets to play the erudite, neurotic, sophisticate. Lopper is a lovelorn, Long Island, working class scrapper. And, you know, they're oil and water, but they, they fall in love, of course. And this is a movie where Jeff Goldblum essentially gets to play a tall, sexy Woody Allen. And it's fantastic. I remember this movie, and of course I remember this movie because... Cindy Lauper is my longest standing crush. I've been madly in love with her ever since my childhood. And Jeff Goldblum is pretty high up there on the list of personal crushes, too. So I cannot think of a more attractive cast. I mean, cast. for me, it would be like, if if Debbie Harry did a movie with Jeff Goldblum, then I would be like, yeah, this is it. This is my shit. I love Debbie Harry, too. Interesting. But I still love, I still love Vibes. Vibes is terrific. And it's... It's a type of comedy that you don't see anymore because audiences are too cynical and they mistake that for being smart. Sure. It's like, you're not smart. All your movies have superheroes in them. You just don't have any sense of whimsy or wonder. So let's let's be clear about the ground rules for this week's main news. We know that Jeff Goldblum is in both of those movies. That cannot be the bridge we build between these two stories. Right. Like, we couldn't... That is, that is something... We decided on from the beginning. Well, that's, yeah, that's a little bit of a layup. Even for us, we wouldn't take that kind of an easy out. Right. So where do we go from here? Well, okay. So the tall guy 
right? Like his defining characteristic in the movie is that he's tall, right? Yes. Well, the protagonist of Vibes is also very tall. Hmm. <laughs> That's really fascinating. Yeah, Do, yeah. Does he also sort of have this sort of confident but casual way of speaking that just makes you feel like the two of you could be really good friends? Yeah, like you're you're both, uh, you know, guests at the same cocktail party and... You know, he's the kind of guy who sits down next to you and starts a conversation, but it's like such an interesting conversation that you're like the only two guests at the party. Okay, so that's another bridge we built. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Good. Good. So um, both movies feature a love interest in in, in the case of Vibes, it's Cindy Lauper and Emma Thompson in this hall guy both very attractive women and both blondes which is Mm -hmm. okay so the connection to that and billy wilder is it's like marilyn monroe gentlemen prefer blondes jeff goldblum is the gentleman clearly he prefers blondes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i mean i i would have to go back and look at his because his his dating and marriage history is epic so so that's so far three not one of them just the fact that Jeff Goldblum is in both of these movies. Yeah, no, that would be... We're not going to do that. That's dumb. Yeah, we, we wouldn't um, even pretend to do that. That's silly. Now, it, in the in your movie, in The Tall Guy, mm-hmm. is there a moment where the protagonist gets really excited about something and kind of stutters and stumbles over his oh, words yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. just adorable? For sure, that moment happens in The Tall Guy. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Yeah. There's, there's something about, like, a really tall guy with, like, awkward, nerdy energy mm-hmm. that that is really appealing and you know you used to see that sort of uh, protagonist more often mm-hmm. you see it in vibes and you see it in the tall guy i wonder why you don't see it as much anymore it should also be noted that in vibes he uh, jeff goldblum plays a psychic right and the mm-hmm. psychic is a very specialized profession, much like uh, one would say acting. Right. Which is also a part played by Jeff Goldblum in The Tall Guy. Now, see, the other thing is, is that his his day job in Vibes is he's a museum curator. Mm. And in uh, The Tall Guy, he's in a movie with Mr. Bean. Mr. Bean uh, has also pretended to be an art restorer in the Mr. Bean movie. Mm. There you go. That's that's so. There's that museum connection. That's a, that's there. a good connection, I think. Pretty solid, yeah. In mm-hmm. uh, God, it's been so long since I've seen Vibes that it's it's hard to think of other items that might be able to, to be connected here. I remember it ending at this like temple, right? Yeah, that's that's pretty much the climax of the film. As they climb the they climb the mountain, there's an ancient ruined temple there, and there's like a mystical object. Mm-hmm that uh, focuses psychic energy. Interesting. Jeff Goldblum in The Tall Guy clearly has temples on his head. There you go. There you go. That's pretty solid. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, Emma Thompson is not in vibes that we Mm -hmm. know of. But she is a master of disguise. Oh, interesting. So Emma Thompson could be Cyndi Lauper. You know, I think... Cindy Lauper would be a very challenging role for Emma Thompson. <laughs> I think you're probably right. Well, and actually, vice versa. Here's, here's a real connection. Okay. One of the things that people don't appreciate about Emma Thompson mm-hmm. is how gifted she is as a comedian. Because oh, definitely. She, she started in comedy. 
And, uh, you know, she was in Cambridge Footlights with Hugh Laurie and Stephen Fry. Mm -hmm. So she, she definitely has a comedy background. And in the same way, people would not expect Cyndi Lauper to be a capable comedic actress. And yet she is. Yeah, she did a great job in that movie. I mean, and you could say that it's stunt casting because she was so popular as a pop singer. But I don't think so. I think she just had, she had that kind of old school Long Island, like mid-century New York energy Yeah, and that you need. I really think that the, at the time that Vibes was made, like her big splash was already sort of starting to taper. Yeah, she wasn't. You know, she wasn't as big as she was in like Goonies time, I don't think. Although right. she wasn't like the pop megastar anymore that she had been. Mm -hmm. But she was the right person to cast for this movie. It's like, uh, well, it's like Marissa Tomei and My Cousin Vinny. Right. Right. You know, you could have actually, if you had put Cyndi Lauper in the My Cousin Vinny role, probably would have been okay. Probably would have. I could see that. Yeah, it might not have been an Oscar contender. I don't know. No, Marissa Tomei is a superstar in that movie. She she just she tore that script to pieces with just pure talent. So, and in general, she's great. She should have yeah. been a megastar. And it's she's the Cynthia Rothrock of. I mean, she's an Oscar winner, so I, I feel like she is kind of a megastar. Yeah, but then you know she doesn't get the attention she deserves for a role after that until the that's, wrestler. That's true. That's true. And she's a real. So I know you're not a huge fan of Marvel movies, but she is really fun as uh, Peter Parker's Aunt May in the Spider-Man films. I did see one of the ones that she was in, mm -hmm. and for me, I. I'm too old to think of her as some teenage boy's aunt. Yeah, but the running bit in those movies is that she's a really hot aunt, too. So yeah, she's she will be smoking hot until the end of time. It's true. It's true. But enough about Marissa Tomei. Let's get back <laughs> right? to let's get back to the Marissa Tomei of actors who are male. Oh, you're talking about JG? Yeah, Jeff Goldblum. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> So, do you think we've bridged the gap between these two stories enough? Yeah, I mean, I guess the main takeaway is we love Cyndi Lauper. Uh -huh. uh, Emma Thompson is also underappreciated for her comedic chops. And we love Marissa Tomei. And uh, and Jeff Goldblum. Obviously, Jeff Goldblum. I mean, the, the episode is entitled Jeffing the Goldblum. I That's did all think we're doing of, all day. Of, of one really important factor that is that both of these uh, what that both of these stories share in common. The tall guy had a script and a director. Uh-huh. And so I'm pretty sure it did Vibes. Oh, good point. Good point. Good point. Actually, here's a little bit of movie trivia from Vibes. Uh, it was actually shot on film. Was it? Celluloid film. You're not going to how they You're not going to believe this. The tall guy was as well. That's crazy cuz they're using like this this uh, old-timey archaic technology to really capture the feel of old Hollywood in these movies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's weird that they would both go for that same technique. And at least portions of both films take place in a foreign country, so there's that too. Oh, true. True, true, true. I think both movies do prove that girls just want to have fun. Sure. That's all they really want. Time after time. <laughs> the case is proven. All right. I think that's enough for main news. Let's move on to uh, the breaking news segment. According to a segment Wired Magazine did a couple of years ago, 
One of the most common questions people Google about Jeff Goldblum is his IQ. Now, hmm. according to him, he has no idea, but that it's somewhere between 30 and 197, which is a pretty good answer. Mm -hmm. I like that. But the reason people ask the question is that they expect that Jeff Goldblum is going to be really smart. So my question is, is that just because all of his most famous roles are sexy scientists? Or does he get the sexy scientist roles because of the curiosity and the energy that he radiates? Hmm. Now, my sub-question to that, are curiosity and energy the qualities that we're noticing in people when we talk about how intelligent they are? Because isn't what we think of as intelligence, which is to say mastery of difficult skills, um, arcane knowledge, uh, the cultivation of uh, different aptitudes and, uh, you know, learning about different subjects. Isn't that just the fruit of that curiosity and energy? Hmm. So whether or not Jeff Goldblum would score high on an IQ test is irrelevant because it's that it's the, the curiosity and the energy that we're responding to. And that's what makes a person intelligent. And that's what we really admire about them. That's wonderful. I mean, do you think so? Like, like am I, I on to something? I didn't there? I didn't expect this segment to turn into this philosophical poetry, Greg. I'm blown away by this. I love it. Well, I, I think about these things because so many of I, I feel like our culture prizes intelligence, but the way that we think of intelligence means has a lot of money. Right. I I think I think our culture has a, I think our culture has a superficial understanding of what intelligence is. See, and that's what that's what I'm I'm trying to get at is I feel like Jeff Goldblum proves that intelligence isn't a real thing at all. Right. Intelligence is just what we call what you get if you live your life with energy and curiosity like Jeff Goldblum does. I, I mean that's that I think I think that's a pretty fair assessment because measuring intelligence has proven to be not only very difficult but also very certainly there's a class divide there. Oh yeah, 100%. Well, here's a here's a story that I love. Um, you know Richard Feynman, uh, the physicist, he came up with quantum electrodynamics. Yes. So, Richard Feynman, when he was an undergrad, uh, he said to uh, one of his physics professors, because uh, in those days, like when you went to university, you took an IQ test. Mm -hmm. And he said to one of his professors, you know, I really want to be a physicist. I'm, I'm really excited about this subject. I want to learn all about it. And I want to, I want to add to it. I want to, you know, advance physics. And uh, his professor said, well, you can't do that. You only have 130 IQ. You're not smart enough. <laughs> Okay. And of of course, you know, Richard Feynman is one of the great geniuses of the 20th century. Right. He's like one of the most towering intellects of all time. But it's not because of a fucking number that was written on a piece of paper. It's because he was a person of tremendous energy, tremendous horniness as well. Sure. But energy sure. In, in all areas of life. 
that he applied to figuring things out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I think I, I, I don't know that energy is always a factor in intelligence, but certainly curiosity. Like there's this insatiable hunger that exists in everyone I've known to be intelligent. Uh, now, whether or not they are perceived as intelligent by our culture at large may have to do with that energy. Right. Well, and, and it's it's not even so much about energy. and Because the way that Jeff Goldblum has energy is, you know, it's huge. He's playing piano. He's climbing on tables. He's seducing your wife. Right. Right. And But it doesn't always have to be like that. Like, you can be the guy sitting there reading a book. But I feel like the real... The real question with intelligence is, with the time and the energy that you are given on this earth, are you using it to figure things out and become a master of the universe, or are you just watching TV? A master of the universe, you say? Yes. Well, that's another one. You know, Dolph Lundgren has like two advanced degrees in like physics and chemistry. How many degrees did uh, Frank Langella have? That's a good question. I don't, I'm not going to Google it. I've Googled too much today. Yeah. But he was Skeletor, but, um, and I, one would he think if he has a degree, if if Dolph Lundgren is this great scientific mind that Frank Langella, who plays, you know, the enemy, the great enemy of He-Man, would also be a very smart man. Yeah, but Skeletor was always a schemer, but in kind of a stupid way. So, so like, so maybe Skeletor is just more of what they they refer to as street smarts. Maybe that's what's at play in in Skeletor's intelligence. I don't know. I feel like we've we've gotten way off topic here. Do you think you know Do you think Skeletor had genitalia? Well, here's the thing. It depends are we talking is the cartoon Skeletor the real Skeletor or is the is the Skeletor of of the great canon films movie the <laughs> canonical Skeletor? I, I think the, the canonical one is probably is probably the television show. Okay, well, he is he's literally just a skeleton in a cloak. He does not have genitals. Okay, but in the movie, he's just he's like super gaunt. Right. He's just like a really he's just see, like a really skinny guy. Yeah, he's like a mummy. So like your your average mummy, I think he has genitals, but they're all shriveled mm -hmm. or they broke off at some point i just I, I i'm letting my natural curiosity get the better of me here but and this is i feel like this bit we're doing right now where we talk about skeletor's genitals is the smartest we've ever been it probably is because we're it's energy and curiosity that's what we're doing that's what's percolating all right let's move on to my breaking news story <laughs> Let's do, let's do. Sabrina and Brian Curtin were posing for pre-ceremony photos of their wedding a couple of weeks ago, on the day of, of course. While posing for the photographer, they caught a glimpse of a familiar face walking through the park. That's right, Jeff Goldblum. A friend asked Goldblum if he would stop by and say hello, but instead he photobombed their session and then serenaded the couple, singing Sunrise Sunset from Fiddler on the Roof before wishing the couple Mazel tov. Can there be a better wedding gift than this? I'm not sure. By all accounts, Goldblum is a at once very down to earth and cool. He's famously nice and stories like this confirm it. Allow me to take this moment to apologize to my wife, Gil Person, that I did not involve Jeff Goldblum in our wedding in any way. And to my sister brother wives, Greg, Tim, please know I wasn't aware this was a thing that could happen. 
Truth be told, I did try to engineer this sort of situation, but the response wasn't great. I was told the kind of control I was attempting was simply, it's not possible. If there's one thing in the history of evolution has taught us, it's that life will not be contained. Life breaks free, it expands to new territories, and crashes through barriers. Painfully, maybe even dangerously. But, well, there it is. Well said. Yeah, I feel like that's the kind of thing... I'm glad that we're recording that mm-hmm. because that that little mini monologue that you did just there is really good. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that we have that on record that you're the one that said that. <laughs> I, I In the context of my story, I am not the one that said that. That's what I was told. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But still, I'm glad we have it for posterity. I'm glad that it is recorded somewhere so that people can hear it in the future. Oh, sure. Greetings, gentle listeners. If you enjoy this podcast, you may also like Brosé, a mirthy talk show starring four bros who sip wine and consider questions submitted by you, the audience, about current events, pop culture, and which Muppet you should get tattooed on your back. Subscribe to Brosé wherever you get your podcasts. That's B-R-O-S-E. Brosé, the podcast for those who drink rosé. All right, let's move on to sports. So some of you may not be aware, but uh, Jeff Goldblum is playing and participating in a Dungeons and Dragons podcast called Dark Dice and has been since May. In preparing these notes, this was the first I've heard about it. And so I haven't had a chance to listen yet, but you can be damn sure I will. Dungeons and Dragons is unique among sports features on this show as it can contain all other sports. Interesting. Interesting. Prove me wrong. So like if I if I say okay my orc serves a tennis ball mm-hmm. am I playing tennis while I'm playing D&D? I think so. Okay. You're, you're, okay. At least your orc is. But see I I feel like this is like an ontological problem because does my orc really exist? Is I don't know that that's the orc... I don't know that whether or not the orc really exists is important. Well, if the orc doesn't exist, then who's playing sports? Like, I, I feel like it's hard to say whether the sports are occurring inside the game. Hmm. Like, does the does the sort of dreamscape in which the game is taking place, does it in some sense exist? Because it's in our minds. It's in your mind and my mind at the same time. If the orc doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. How can you have this vision of who the orc is? I'm, I'm starting to get into classic arguments for the existence of God, and am I not? I am. No, I, I think you, I think you're, you know, onto something there, because if our minds can conceive of the orc, then it must be on the basis of, in some sense, the existence of an orc. Well, and and the fact that there are multiple books that are sources that reference orcs in some way so we have this idea that orcs exist that doesn't mean that orcs do exist but it means that books mention yeah, well that and that and that is exist, kind of a classic right? philosophical problem because if i said to you uh unicorns aren't real but if you and i both know what all the qualities of a unicorn are then in that sense yeah they're real like if right. you saw a unicorn you would recognize it instantly so, I mean, and you couldn't mm-hmm. like, you couldn't like put 
a horn on a dog and say, look, it's a unicorn, nobody would buy that. They'd say, no, that's bullshit. That's not a real unicorn. So everybody knows what a real unicorn is. That means that unicorns are real in that sense. Same thing with orcs playing tennis. You you mm-hmm. would know it if you saw it. Right. Okay. We're we're on some heavy shit this this week, aren't we? Yeah, it's it's really fascinating. One thing's for sure in terms of sports featured within the sport of Dungeons and Dragons. If you uh, and your your team of merry explorers walk into an inn and you find some, you know, elves or whatever doing some ferret legging, you burn that into the ground. Yeah, those elves are jerks. Set those ferrets free. On to the emotional weather. Nice. This week's emotional weather, Jeff, gold, and blue. All right. Well, for my Jeff weather, uh, I discovered in researching Jeff weather that there is apparently an app called Jeff. Uh, I tried for about a half an hour to figure out what it does. I had very little success. It has Mm. something to do with laundry and beauty products and financial services. So it's another one of those things where you can just say that something is an app and hope that one of the three actual tech companies just buys it from you. Mm-hmm. In this now, case, probably probably because of Bezos. You'd, you'd think he'd go right for that. Right. Yeah, that's true. I wonder if they named it Jeff after him. As, They're just trying so to court the- that, that sweet, sweet Amazon money. Well, I'll tell you what, Gene, there's only one app that I care about, or at least one app called Jeff that I care about, and that's App as an Appetizer, and that's Appetizer as in Snack, and that snack is Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> that's, that's beautiful. All right, my story for Jeff, it's an unfortunate truth that Jeff Goldblum shares a first name with a lot of bad people, but I was resolved not to highlight any of them in this episode because today is all about the good in the world so i'm going to celebrate another actor who shares his name in this case i'd like to call attention to jeff bridges an actor almost universally loved who tends to take on quirky parts but whose real life persona is nice and down to earth he truly is a jeff of the goldblum mold from the big lebowski to arlington road from iron man to tron jeff bridges is a hell of a jeff And I'd like to thank him for all the entertainment he has given us. Amen. Some of my absolute favorite films have prominently featured Jeff Bridges. Mm -hmm. Now, for my gold weather, when I wrote it, uh, the Olympics were just starting. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was about how they weren't going to be permitting any spectators because of coronavirus. But Mm -hmm. guess what? Times have changed. Now it's about how a bunch of Olympic athletes have coronavirus. (laughs) Right. So I've heard about this. You know, maybe we jumped the gun a little bit to have the Olympics. What do you think? I think probably. I'm just saying, like, it's it's never going to be over because everyone's going to be acting like it's over. And it's yeah. like, I don't, I don't give a shit if Ryan Lochte gets coronavirus. He'll probably be fine. He's in amazing shape. But mm-hmm. I still, you know, I don't want people to get sick. Right. And... I don't want the knock-on effect of people, you know, thinking everything's fine because they can see the Olympics on TV and they get sick. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm just saying. No, I'm not I, really I completely agree. Fan. This is all, all this reopening is very premature. We are not in a, in a place where it's actually safe to do it, but we are, I mean, 
we have this little capitalist economy on life support right now, and we are determined by whatever means necessary to resuscitate it, and that means reopening. We are so afraid of losing this fragile economic system that was nearly destroyed by some months of people working from home, still refused to rein in the billionaires who are not paying into the system, that we are going to endanger the lives of everyone. Well, and you know, I've been, I've been against the IOC for many, many years. Sure. Because it's, you know, they, they go into, they go into a city, they fuck everything up in that city. Mm-hmm. The city sees no economic benefit from it as much as they like to talk about, oh, it's it's great for tourism and this and that and the other. It really, it hurts the cities economically. Oh, yeah, it's devastating. And, and, you know, the the athletes, of course, they get nothing out of it. And it's hugely expensive to the cities, too. But it's, you know, it's advertising revenue. That's what the Olympics is for. So I've been saying let's cancel the Olympics for, at this point, literally decades. And maybe after this one, maybe finally they'll just decide it's not yeah, worth maybe. the trouble. But I'll tell you this, uh, since I was talking about Ryan Lochte earlier, you know who else would look really good Jeff in the Speedo? That's right. Yeah. Hey, I have a quick question for you. Should uh, fighting with robot jocks be an Olympic event? Well, I think fighting with robot jocks is how we should settle all international disputes. Certainly. Certainly. I think that would be a, a really fun contest to watch in the age of coronavirus and probably wouldn't endanger a whole lot of people no i mean obviously you can't have bleachers like right next to the robots fighting right whosoever idea that was you know that was stupid and that was bound to happen yeah, like, shame on them the fact that they had been doing robot jocks for like decades and this was the first time that a bunch of spectators had been killed like, no way. Yeah. Absolutely not. Yeah. All right, on to my gold story. I'm sure our savvy listeners have heard of a substance called iron pyrite, often dubbed fool's gold. Pyrite is in the news this week. As it turns out, fool's gold contains some of the real stuff. So who's the fool after all? Ha <laughs> ha! Granted, the gold is just in trace amounts, but scientists have found a way to extract it without destroying the gold, which is the only way this was going to be exciting. Gold is a precious metal, of course, and it's obviously a finite resource, so finding more of it, even just a little bit at a time, is kind of a big deal. So, I guess then, that if you find some fool's gold, you can say, look, I've struck gold, and technically be right. Yeah. There's there's pyrite in them, thar hills. I, I li- that's amusing to me. Okay, good. I, I love that because I feel like, you know, to, to go back to the well of philosophy that we've been hitting so many times mm-hmm. this episode... This is like an epistemological puzzle that is very satisfying because before you had fool's gold and real gold Mm -hmm. and you could, you could think that you had real gold. Okay. This is, you know what this is? This is a Gettier problem. Oh, okay. Yes. It is. It is. It's literally, it's literally a Gettier problem. Yeah. Because you, you think that you have gold and you are right. But you don't actually know why, right? And your 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 rationale is faulty. How beautiful so, is that as as a demonstration of what the Gettier problem is? That's oh my god, that's awesome. That's so good. That's so good, man. This is. I don't know if this is going to make for like a fun episode <laughs> right. for people to listen to. It's going to be our but most it's been a fun one. It's going to be our most, uh, you know, philosophical and 
inquisitive episode in a lot of ways. It's a fun one for us, yeah. for sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's move on to Bloom. All right, well, folks, you may know this. Uh, summer is the time for all kinds of blooms, but that includes algal blooms or algal blooms. I'm not sure how it's supposed to be pronounced. Mm-hmm. Now, that's when you have, you know, in a body of water, uh, you have a bunch of algae mm-hmm. uh, that crops up with the warmer water temperatures. And because water temperatures are getting warmer worldwide, um, we're seeing increased prevalence of algal blooms from California to China uh, with increasing frequency and severity. Now, some of these algaes like red tide, for example, are or, you know, blue green algae. Uh, like we get in our local lakes here. Mm -hmm. Those can be directly toxic to humans, but no matter what kind of algae it is, it's still a problem because all types of algal blooms are toxic to the life aquatic. Right. Oh, I see what you did there. I see what you did Mm -hmm. there. Yeah, nice. Always got to bring it back to Jeff. Yeah. Always got to bring it back to Jeff. Yeah, that's it's very clever that you've managed to do that in all the other stories. That's I, I applaud you for that. I mean, it's it's like I was saying earlier. You know, if you care about something, if you're passionate about it, <laughs> if you direct whatever energies you have toward it, you can make it happen. And that's how I feel about Jeff Goldblum. I'm manifesting Jeff Goldblum in my life <laughs> right now. Well done, my friend. My Bloom story. Big big props to Lena Bloom who Sports Illustrated has announced is the magazine's first ever trans woman on the cover. She's also the first trans woman of color to be featured in the magazine last July. Bloom is a beautiful woman, and I'm really happy for her. And you know what? Let's also take a moment to celebrate all of the trans women who are courageous enough to transition and blossom into who they really are. Let's also celebrate trans men and everyone in between. Fresh blooms for everyone who is living their gender truth. That sounds good. I'm on board with that. Yay. Well, as you know, every week our investigative team uncovers a detailed and harrowing story on food crime. This week, Greg has a story. Okay, well, right off the bat, I do want to say out front that I am not now, nor will I ever accuse Jeff Goldblum of a food crime. Okay, good to know. But I do have a Goldblum-related food concern. Okay. See, a few years ago in Sydney, Australia, uh, he was uh, researching a roll and spent the day on a food truck handing out sausages. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he was handing out snags, uh, which is Australian slang for sausages, if you're one of our few listeners that doesn't live in Australia. Um And the food truck was uh, normally called the Fancy Banger, Mm -hmm. uh, which I still have on VHS somewhere. But um, (laughs) for the... That's a good one. You like that one? Yeah, yeah. Subtle, but nice. But for the day, they had renamed it Chef Goldblum's Jazzy Snags. Okay. So, and they had renamed some of the items on their menu as well. Uh, They had a sausage called the Spaniard. Uh, which they renamed the Goldblum for the day. Mm-hmm. And that is chorizo sausage with roasted piquillo peppers, wild baby rocket, and homemade chipotle mayo. Okay, that that no. sounds like those flavors would work together. No, it absolutely does. It sounds delicious. Here's my issue. Here's why. Because it's not a crime. That's what I'm saying. This, this seems like good food, so it can't be a crime. Mm-hmm. Good food is not a crime. Right. But the reason I have a concern is... If you serve me a sausage on a roll, it should be something of a humble dish. 
Mm-hmm. You can put anything on a hot dog and still be in the clear. You could put guacamole on a hot dog. You can put chili on a hot dog. You can put sport peppers on a hot dog. You can put kimchi on a hot dog. It's all gravy. But when you start adding fresh leafy greens, that's not in the spirit of a hot dog. Hmm. I feel like you can't add leaves to a hot dog and have it still be a hot dog. Now, I don't expect the Aussies to know this because they don't have the deep genetic connection to the hot dog that we do in America. But Jeff Goldblum does know better. So, again, I'm not I'm not mad. I'm not going to prosecute, but I'm I'm a little troubled by it. Mm-hmm. If you're curious, the Greg person is a Beyond Brat with brown mustard, dill relish, onions, and kraut. Well, that does sound delicious. Yeah, I, you might think that it would be, you know, too many sour, sharp flavors, but actually, it's perfect. Hmm. What, Out of curiosity, Gene, what would you say is your signature dog? Okay, so here's the thing. I have yet to find a, a vegetarian hot dog that works for me. The closest I've found so far is Smart Dogs. And they were okay, but they still weren't quite what I'm looking for. I did not like Beyond Dogs because they taste exactly like the Beyond Burgers, which it just, I mean, the texture wasn't right. The taste wasn't right. Um, I'm a, back when I did eat meat, mine was a, you know, a, a Hebrew national all beef Frank with yellow mustard, red ketchup. And load it up with diced onion. There's not a thing wrong with that dog. That is a top quality dog. Yep. Um, I would recommend, I mean, listen, you're never going to get this the exact same experience as a Hebrew National, juicy, delicious, all beef frank. Mm-hmm. And that's just, if, if science ever replicates that, then we'll have solved every problem I care about. Right. <laughs> but but um, I recommend the... Uh, light life hot dog. Mm-hmm. It's not bad. Um, I actually just finished a pack today. Not not all in one sitting. It's taken me a week. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, no, I just I got a craving for hot dogs and uh, I went for it. Okay, I'll, I will try light life next. Yeah, go for it. All right, it's on to the Goldblum Shopping Network. So this is going to be a briefer segment than some of ours. I I want to start off by clearly stating that not all Jeff Goldblum fan art is available for sale. But there exists a video of him reviewing fan art that has been made of his likeness. And it is incredibly entertaining. I'll attach a link in the show notes for this episode. You can find Goldblum's face all over Etsy on earrings, mouse pads, even shower curtains. Why not put some more gold bloom into your life? It doesn't take much more than a tea caddy cozy to make you smile, and sometimes smiling is all it takes to make your day just a little bit better. Not all of this is endorsed or approved by Jeff Goldblum, but art uh, finds a way. Well, if you are interested in uh, art of Jeff Goldblum, have you heard of uh, an artist named Brandon Bird? Is he the uh, gentleman who did the giant statue of Ian Malcolm? Uh, no, okay. he he does um, sort of unusual paintings of celebrities. 
Okay. Uh, he has one called Jurassic Pals. <laughs> okay, that sounds that sounds wonderful. That I I highly recommend. Um, I actually used to have uh, one of his prints. It was of uh, B. Arthur wrestling Velociraptors. <laughs> I love it. So, yeah, it, he goes he goes to the well of Jurassic Park quite frequently. Mm. The the uh, painting of B. Arthur wrestling Velociraptors is called Killing Machine. Hmm. There is a uh, a giant statue of Jeff Goldblum though. I'm not sure who the artist is. I don't know, but I do remember reading about that. It was in uh, some park in London in like 2018, wasn't it? That's right. Yeah. Just giant Jeff Goldblum with his shirt open. Ian Malcolm. Where is it now, I wonder? Because you wouldn't destroy a thing like that. You wouldn't just throw it away. I would hope not. I mean, might as well throw away the hopes and dreams of the whole world. Yeah. Well, wherever it is, I hope it comes back soon to save us. Let's move on to uh, the segment normally known as State Up, which is now Jeff Goldfacts. Jeff Goldblum plays the keyboard and by all accounts is fire. He has actually had a number one album on the jazz charts. This is an actual Goldblum fact. Following on from that fact, although Hugh Laurie is the British version of Jeff Goldblum, uh, they're both lanky, handsome comedians who play jazz piano in their own bands. Uh, they are not fated to battle for control of the world. In fact, they're secret best friends. Hmm. Fact. Jeff Goldblum once made paella for you. Sadly, he was where he was. And you were where you were. So you never got to enjoy it. It didn't go to waste, though. He eventually had to give it to someone else when you didn't show up. But it's no less special that he made it for you. Speaking of things that are special, uh, Jeff Goldblum is this show's first listener, and he's downloaded every episode, but always from different locations because he travels so much. Oh, sure, sure. Another fact, Jeff Goldblum, famously nice, once tried drawing a smiley face in place of the nose on another, another smiley face. But then he had to use a smiley face for that smiley face's nose, too, and so on. He was 672 layers deep when Search and Rescue was finally able to pull him to safety. Inside of you, there are two Jeff Goldblums fighting. One from Earth Girls Are Easy, and one from The Big Chill. The one that wins will be the one that you feed. And now it's time for our final segment person to person and person we don't really have a lot to to share in this final segment except this is uh being recorded before our season three premiere and it's the uh the first episode we're actually recording of season three that's going to be dropped in while i am off visiting with with some family so we just want to take a brief moment to give a big shout out to adam at adam west production for our new voiceover intro and voiceover outro. He's affordable. He does quality work. We couldn't be happier with our purchase. We sent him a script and he just blew us away. You can find him on Fiverr or at his website, awestprod.com. That's A-W-E-S-T-P-R-O-D.com. Folks, that's all the news the persons have for you tonight. Would you like a haiku written about the topic of your choice? Send your topic and the anchor persons might just make that happen. 
Gene and Greg love your feedback, and there are so many ways to give it to them. Send them an email, anchorpersonspodcast at gmail.com. Find them on Twitter, at anchorpersons. Or visit their website, anchorpersonspodcast.com, where you can leave an audio message via SpeakPipe, as well as find full episodes of the show, blog posts, and more. Please be sure to like, subscribe, and review the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or the podcatcher of your choice. Or simply tell a friend. Until next time... This is Gene Person saying you should always end a comedy set with a callback. And this is Greg Person saying, keep Jeff in that gold bloom. Good night. So I don't know if you're expecting a stinger or not. We don't have to do a stinger for a bonus episode, but I just wanted to say one last time to make sure we are abundantly clear. We love Jeff Goldblum. Good night.